Well, hey guys, what's up? I'm Grace. And I'm Lucy. We're coming to you from the studio and you're listening to The Big Picture Podcast. And we're coming at you live tonight with... Us. Us. Literally. (laughs) Not you guys, it's actually us. (laughs) That's a pretty good bat name. Um, Do you want to go around and just say your names and what instrument you play? Julian, I'm on drums. Braden, I'm on lead guitar and lead vocals. My name's Adam. I do rhythm guitar and the occasional backup vocal. And I'm Alex, and I'm on bass. Woohoo! Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Where, where did that name us even come from, guys? That's so crazy. Um, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of jokes. I, uh... I used to have a joke that was that every single word band name is taken, every half decent one. Mm. If you're not just going to name your like band Floor or something, I mean you could. Wall there probably ceiling. is a band named Floor. There I mean, probably let's, is. Let's be real yeah. here, yeah. Floor. But I don't know. I, it was like thinking of something that'd be ironic, but also um, like unique, and it wouldn't ever pigeonhole you at all. Like, I mean, if you name yourself like a typical death metal band name or like a I don't know, like a hip hop name. It's like, okay, that's kind of all you're going to be able to do now. <laughs> then, I mean, it's so dynamic. You're stuck. It's yeah. So, it, I mean, like, it's it's us. It's whoever we want to be, whatever, whenever we want, you know? It's like K pop. A lot of them have like numbers in it so that they can be like recognized by more. Oh, that's hilarious. Like languages. Oh. So, right? Like, they have all these weird spellings because they're like, we follow, you know, no rules. <laughs> We are, yeah. the rules. we are yeah, the we are the rules. Have a random name that's searchable still, but yeah. I yeah, that's know, the one hard thing with the band name. Unsearchable. It's it's hard. Like I mean, obviously, that's why I'm very adamant with anybody that's putting us. Let's see, putting us anywhere. Uh, it's got to have the lowercase s, because if it's a higher case, uppercase s, it's oh, United States, sweet, I like that guy, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's it's unfortunate but it's also fortunate because it re- seems to really work in real life really well the internet we're still figuring that one out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um do you want to tell us your guys's story the history lesson the, the history, history lesson the history. the history well um <laughs> i'm originally from for- the, from fort mcmurray um, and I moved down here with our former bass player, um, right during COVID. And it was like in, in a really small, crappy industrial town, like Fort Mac. I don't want to like call it out like that, but I mean, yeah, I lived there for 21 years. So, I mean, you can tell me different if you've just moved there, <laughs> but, um, and then going through the whole, like the fire up there and everything like that and trying to just struggle and kind of become a musician. It was really, really hard. There's a, there's a negative scene up there. It's not even like there's one bar that you can, I mean, there's two, but one is like, well, if you're playing covers and you can play, but if you're, if you want to do something original or something cool or half decent or whatever, you got to play the other one, the tavern. And so it was like, it was very grating up there for a long time. Um, trying to find like, like-minded people and stuff like that. And the whole dream was to come down to Edmonton just because Edmonton was the closest place that it had an actual music scene the and all that kind city. of stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, mm. I was just like the big little city. I was like a journey song living in, <laughs> Fort Mac, like, <laughs> like just a small town boy. It's not even small town, but <laughs> um, and then yeah, no, came down and uh, train. yeah, except it took a 
truck because oh. <laughs> it's Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. So like came down um, right during peak COVID. So that was great. Couldn't make any friends anyway. Still don't have any friends. These guys are just acquaintances. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, employees. <laughs> employees. Oh, employees of us. Say that. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, um, it was just really hard at first. It's like during, it was also like midwinter or like, no, sorry, moved down in like late August. So, I mean, you got the whole fall and then winter coming up. So it was like just me and him for like a year. And we did somehow meet. Oh, have you ever used Band Mix before? The website, you know that website? Know that yeah. yeah. It's it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to delete my profile on there because I still get messages like, hey, you want to join my band? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> it's been a while, man. <laughs> but we found a drummer and uh, started actually getting out there and playing shows and all that kind of stuff and starting at, you know, like the weird north side bars and all that kind of stuff. But that took its course. We got a new drummer eventually uh, for musical reasons and all that. We met this guy from Montreal all of a sudden, just like, Oh, what did he? I think he found me on Bandmix too. No, it was Facebook. So these things are useful for certain things. I know, things. right? <laughs> so yeah, met this guy, and then we bonded right away on a few different bands and stuff like that that we liked, and it all came along. Then we started writing some really cool original stuff um, that was a lot more progressive and unique and stuff like that, and that kept going. We had some pretty cool opportunities. We ended up like playing a band, two bands before Finger Eleven at a festival. In Athabasca last year, which we just did the same one, and there was no Finger Eleven, unfortunately. Oh, but they played in Beaumont. <laughs> oh yeah, they did. At Beaumont yeah. Blues Fest. I know. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, "What's going on here?" It was kind of. That's yeah, it, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, it was in Athabasca that in- we did last yeah, year, right? So okay, it's like, cool. They'll just they'll come to your town. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> sick. Yeah, booking Finger Eleven birthday parties. <laughs> But like, yeah, so we did that last year. And then we had some musical differences with the the old guys in the band. The drummer ended up moving back to Montreal anyway. And then bass player, him and I, like, just don't really get on the same musical wavelength anymore. So uh, that split apart. And I was in limbo for like three months reevaluating my life. <laughs> and uh, th- he was actually supposed to be the original drummer yeah. for the new version. And we tried that out and he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not cutting it, bro. We're, I'm, I'm going to do guitar if I'm going to do anything. And I'm like, all right, sure. We could try that out. So we did that. And then Ty, my roommate who works at record collectors paradise, um, really dope record store here in town, met Alex there. Cause he was coming in buying some records and, and like overheard. I think that you were a bass player, right? Yeah. 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 He, was, uh, he was talking to Reg saying that oh, yeah. he was talking to Reg saying that he needed guys for a band. So, I thought, well, I'll, I'm in here. I might as well ask. Yeah. And that, that worked out really, really good because this guy's a legend. Oh, absolute sorry. legend. And Ty even knew this guy from before, and I had met him through um, our former bass player at jams and stuff like that. And then when I first saw you, I thought he wasn't even that good. <laughs> I thought you were playing like blues and you're like way out of your element and it was just like really, really awkward. And then finally when we actually got you in to play drums like with us in the basement and shit like that, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Like just blowing my mind. And so that worked out really, really well. And it all just came together like that. And that's been like, what, six months, five months? Uh, December, say? November? December. Yeah, five months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, five, six months. We're on, we're on the cusp. And so, I mean, it's been working out pretty well. And like now we're actually starting to write some brand new stuff. And hopefully we'll have like, I don't know, a single by like... I don't know, fall, early winter, something like that. Ooh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All self-produced. Self-recorded, produced, mixed, mastered. We can. We're pretty much self-sufficient. So we have all the gear and knowledge, like between well, me and your, Julian. Your schooling up and all that. Ooh, yes. Yeah. So I went to. Uh, I'm an audio engineer. I do that for for work, and so I do like event. I'm an event hotel technician, so I do like audio visual stuff. But my primary focus is audio. I t- t- went to audio school in Kelowna, um, and it was fun. Learned a lot. The school was. Uh, it's a private school, so they want to make their money, and they don't care that much. But there were some good teachers. But we learned a lot of good stuff. And, um, yeah, since I moved back, I graduated in, like, 2018. So we moved. I moved back from Kelowna um, and been living here since. And then, you know, since I've met these guys, basically I've learned that Julian actually has his whole recording set up as well and a whole, you know, drum room studio. So we're going to be uh, – there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming. So we're going to, and I, I do mixing, mastering and editing and he records and composes and arranges in studios and all that. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Alex freaking master studio bass player. Like <laughs> yeah, I would say, bro, hey, he's joke. a God. No, he's, we, we got some, we got a good lineup for, we're pretty self-sufficient. So I'm excited. I in a barn. Yeah. <laughs> I did it in a barn. That was my claim. Yeah. That was it. I have no schooling knowledge. I uh, but I recorded in a barn. That's <laughs> uh, true. That's not a lie. That our first EP. I don't know if you guys checked it out yet, but that was with the former band members, and that was all in like a barn in Athabasca, and that worked out pretty well. For live off the floor. For, for live off the good. floor, yeah, like with just live performances with vocals added afterwards, with live pedal work and all that kind of stuff. It's it's not bad at all. Wow. So I mean that oh, that's nice cool. Life. So I mean yeah, between the four of us, we got some pretty damn good experience. And like um, Alex is in Grant McEwen for. What was your degree again? Uh, performance. I'm in uh, the jazz program at McEwen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. It's a great Yardbird program. Suite. I have so many friends on that. Yardbird Suite. Yes. You got to go there, dude. Yeah. I'll see you up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you guys want to go around and tell us a bit about your greatest musical influences? Ooh. Both oh, for like us and also like your personal projects too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty much uh, when I started listening to music, it was pretty much mostly metal. Uh, Pantera, Metallica, a little bit at first, Megadeth, Avenged Sevenfold. Um, and Avenged Sevenfold is actually the first uh, bands I tried to learn on the drums. Um, from there, that's kind of how I started trying to make myself sound until I realized that probably not a good idea to stick to one genre so then i'm starting to try to do more genres uh perfect as many as i can or not perfect but get them as good as you can and uh that's kind of why i'm with with these guys too they do a bit of everything it's very nice so get to spread your wings a little bit more than just going at fifty thousand miles an hour with no groove right so (laughs) pretty cool totally um I started out as a metalhead as well. That was my origin, uh, just from having parents and like a set of older brothers that were always into that kind of stuff. Um, just the classics is Metallic Iron Maiden and, uh, you know, Black Sabbath and all that kind of stuff and singing along to things. Like I've been singing since I could speak and just miming and mimicking things. My parents blasting stuff in the car and me just like being in the backseat singing Aussie songs and shit. And, so that was a really big influence on me just to get started. And I actually originally started on drums. I was a drummer for like eight years, I think, or seven years. 
And my dad, you know, actually, you know what? Oddly enough, it was rock band or yeah. and, and guitar hero. Those were very big influences on me musically. Just like, you know, being just it a nerdy a video generation. game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just being like a nerdy video game kid because your brothers had video games and stuff. Yeah. And like, I didn't really have very many like actual like hobbies or aspirations. <laughs> and then it was that, that like tied in my love for music with gaming or just tactile like things. And so I started on the drums because I mean, let's face it, the guitars on Guitar Hero and Shin are not very <laughs> like conducive to anything. It's just, oh, you taught button buttons? Sweet. Well, this one's on a neck. It's a little different. <laughs> But like the drums were a lot more like intuitive, right? Because you're actually hitting things and keeping so time true. and stuff. So I started on that, and then my dad ended up getting me an electric and Lisa's kit, same brand that you have, but it was like the old school ones, and it was. But you could still play Rock Band through it, so I could play Rock Band. But then he got me a brain for it, so I could just like play drums through an amp regularly. So then I started playing drums along to my favorite albums and all that kind of stuff, and um, really like learning the craft. And I took jazz drum lessons for a year ish. And I just got a really good sense of timing and all that kind of stuff from drumming. And then drumming got too expensive and too loud and too big and just too much of a bitch in general. Like it's just, it's, it's hard. I, I, I give you the utmost respect for being able to deal with all of that, like a big kit and it's so loud and you gotta be in the right place to be able to play it. And like, you can't just be like, Hey, you guys want to go camping? Yeah, bro, you want to bring your drums? We'll play them around the fire. Like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, like, no, that doesn't happen. So I was like, well, I want to be, number one, like, the center of attention. So I was like, I'll take, I'll take up guitar. Like, and um, so then I learned guitar through my brother's best friend and learned, uh, my very first song was Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. So I learned, Damn. yeah, I learned that one. Well, because like the finger ping, ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. It's just super easy to figure it out, right? So I learned that and then uh, took guitar lessons in high school from grade 10, 11, 12. And uh, just learned all the basics, all the like the basics of theory. And that's all I know in regards to theory, but it has gotten me very far. Because I mean, as long as you kind of know the basics of like how to play in key and all that kind of stuff, you can play with most musicians. Like Alex is a goddamn god comparison to me with music knowledge like theory and stuff but i can play with them clearly <laughs> so it works so out it so works humble. out but yeah th- i mean that's my main influences and then it, all the other classics pink floyd beatles and all that kind of stuff it just that changed me because i was a very metal head elitist for a long time like pantera like if it's not intense and masculine and angry mm-hmm. it's bullshit <laughs> like that, that was me for a long time in high school and then i did drugs and listened to pink floyd and the Beatles, yeah. and, I'll, and I was just like, oh, oh, oh there's more. Oh, wow. You don't yeah. have to be like angry all the time. I'm mean, like, there's a, it has its place for sure. But like, mm-hmm. you know, you can do anything with music. So then that opened my eyes to everything. And I got really, really into the Grateful Dead and like really chill jam music for a long time. And then now we're kind of coming back to the heavy stuff. So kind of mixing it all in together, and that's the current form of the band. But I feel like I'm hogging the mic. I talk a lot. I'm sorry. Here you go. <laughs> it is literally your job to hog the mic. Though. No, absolutely. Like it's a podcast. I love it. If I can do any sort of welcoming of it. Fair enough. Wow. Um, yeah, I have similar influences to Braden. Um, I grew up basically just music was always around kind of my life. My, my family is the most non-musical family around. My dad played guitar around the fire, and he had like a Fender uh, Mexican Stratocaster, so he'd play uh, like occasionally. Um, but I just saw him playing like songs at the campfire, so that's kind of those kind of songs I kind of got into, like you know some early Beatles, some Neil Young, 
um, a little bit of Pink Floyd, like the classic stuff. Um, you know, I never really loved that genre. Um, I kind of discovered my own musical taste through listening, like on the way to to MMA in the city. Uh, like, uh, what is it? Hundred point three, The Bear. You know, oh, like like Finger Eleven, Three Days Grace, <laughs> like Seether. You know, all those early two thousands rock. And uh, my dad was always like, oh, no, you don't want to listen to that. You don't want to listen to the Beatles and, and, and Rush <laughs> and Pink Floyd, which, I mean, yes, I, I, love, I love them all, right? <laughs> I love Rush, too. I think Rush is fantastic. Um, but once, basically, the invention of the iPod came out hey. and, and iTunes, I delved deep into, like, you know, Three Days Grace, my, like, a lot of old Metallica, um, and then basically just listening to a lot of stuff, you know, working in high school um and uh through hockey actually listening to a lot of billy talent i i'm a drummer as well so i grew up playing like billy talent they taught me how to play drums like they are the ones responsible for my drumming ability in my opinion so that's just to listen to a lot of them and then you know, it evolved into like early two thousands metal and new metal system of a down, like Chevelle and all the all the good stuff. But um, yeah, and I kind of just taught myself guitar. I was going through a breakup in high school, Ooh. and I was like, "It's yeah. time to learn guitar." Oh, <laughs> so I just picked up my dad's yeah. Strat and just started noodling to System of a Down, and that was it from there. So just looked at tabs and learned my own stuff and i'm here with these guys now they like me i'm good enough to play with them so i'm i'm, I'm happy about it but no it's it's surrounding yourself with more talented musicians is very very beneficial um and, and inspiring these guys are are very very good at what they do so i've learned a lot um but being a drummer helps us all stay in time because three of us literally are drummers so like with and the bass player and the bass so, like so, it's so, a full so, yeah, rhythm yeah so we're always like tight and locked yeah. in for the most yeah. part and so so yeah but our we're basically all well for the majority like self-taught i would say like you know you're in school for theory and such but i, I don't actually know your origin story alex uh well uh i come from also a very non-musical family uh my family's uh, business is actually dance. My mother is a, a career dancer, and my brother is her protege. And uh, <laughs> I was always grateful for that because it always gave me a really good sense of time and rhythm. And uh, my dad was a big f music fan in the 60s and the 70s, so I grew up listening to all the classics, the soft folk rock, like James Taylor and Eagles to Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. And that was the very first band that ever got me into music was Led Zeppelin. And uh, it was kind of history from there. I grew into metal as I got into high school. And then uh, in my late teens, I started playing bass after seeing Rush on the Clockwork Angels tour. I had never heard of Rush. I scored tickets off of a neighbor. And I went and I thought, man, this is amazing. And like, that's that's it. That's the instrument for me. And uh <laughs> Uh, from there, I got really into soul music in my late twenties or my early twenties, and uh, probably my biggest musical influence is uh, James Jamerson, the Motown Studio session bass player. I think he is the greatest. Period. Personally, and uh, I've become very heavily influenced by jazz over the last few years. And uh, personally, I'm currently studying the contemporary music of Africa at the moment. Uh, but I think my biggest influence, no matter what, would have to be my professor, uh, Kim Lasaka. I've had uh, the honor of studying with him for about six years now, and uh, he's been my 
friend and mentor throughout all of this. He got me through into school and uh, I'm sitting here basically because of him. So uh, his philosophies on playing are just incredible. And I, I, it's translated outside of music and it's, you know, affected my life in ways I never really could have imagined. So, I mean, I, I definitely have to attribute him as probably my biggest influence. But, and uh, now I'm here with these guys kind of throwing it back to when I was younger, playing rock, metal, and all that kind of stuff. It's nice. You know, you get your head up in the clouds with academic music and all that kind of stuff. It's nice to get back down and just play music that people like and have fun, you know? Totally, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing, yeah. There we go. I think that's everyone. (laughs) Oh, is there more? More of us? So why did you guys um, all start making music? Um, that's a good question. Do you want to go all four of us? or? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Uh, I guess um, originally for me, I've always seen it as a very, very pure and very, very positive thing. In general, I, I don't think that there's, I mean, there's obviously negativities to everything, but uh, music and just kind of art in general is one of, if, if the only thing that humans have ever created that just solely brings people together. That's the only thing, in my, in my opinion, I can't think of very much else other than like, I don't know, good food. Mm, <laughs> that like brings, but definitely. hey, I mean, I guess music is like food too, it's subjective, mm. but I mean, if everybody's just feeling it, feeling a rhythm or a groove you know i mean everyone's got a heartbeat so that kind of drew me to it and and just the fact of being able to change people's lives like my life was changed by music and uh everything that involves with involves music really like i mean movies are so impactful almost half the time because of the music with them you know like with the soundtracks and everything like that the scores so it's a very, very visceral and important thing. And we don't even know 100% of the scientific reasons why it affects us in the way that we do or that it does. Um, so I think, I don't know, it was just a very, very important thing for me growing up. And once I really had the notion and like the idea that hey, I could do this for my life and also um, just make this such a large part of my life that I can change others in the way that I was changed. I think that was a really, really big thing for me. And, you know, seeing the light and stuff on psychedelics that I got, I got, had a lot of very, very intense experiences when I was young with, with music, very deeply associated to that. And it kind of just kept cementing it over and over and over of that. This is what I have to do. And I mean, I've put so many years into it now at this point, so much effort and time that it'd be a waste to squander it all right now, you know? And I mean, I don't know. It's it's maybe up for debate whether people are born with things or not, whether we're born with certain abilities or tendencies to certain things. I think we might be, <laughs> personally. In my opinion, I think that certain people might be more born with... I mean, some people are literally tone deaf, and some people are born uh, with perfect pitch. So it's like we. some people kind of are more meant to do certain things than others. Some people are way better athletes than others, right? Like, it's just how it is. And so, I mean, I kind of felt like that after a certain while of doing it and things coming naturally or seeming to come naturally for me personally. And so I was like, well, here we go. (laughs) This is what I'm doing now. I've committed when I was 16 years old. I was like, yeah, this is, I'm a musician. This is what I'm doing for my life. So, uh, yeah, that's mostly the main reason why, I mean, 
I can't really think of anything else, but yeah. There you go, Julian. I guess uh, for me, it's more uh, kind of when I started playing music, all I would ever do is learn other songs from other bands, mm, yeah. just have fun doing it. Uh, basically, it's all I would do. I wouldn't really play video games much, uh, apart from going outside biking just to get your, your sunshine, uh, just back inside, playing the drums, ripping guitar, you name it. And uh, eventually, I just kind of got bored of always having to learn other people's songs. Um, started kind of putting my own spins to them. Uh, and then it was kind of at that point that I was like, hey, man, can't I just start making this my, myself? Make it the way I want it to? I'm not going to be forced to play beats I don't like or anything like that. So started doing that and found out just how fun it was. Um, not even just, you know, making the songs, but the process of recording and the interesting cool ideas you can go about getting different sounds and um really at the end of the day i mean when you have a, a super strong feeling inside of you that is almost impossible to ever share nor that you'd sometimes even want to you feel like you can let it out in some way and it not go sour some other time in your life or something so you just come out of there just feeling awesome you listen to your song again you're like fuck man i made this and this is awesome I don't care what anybody says. If you like it, cool. High five. Let's listen to it. If not, I don't care, man. I'm still proud of it. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much it. Well said. Yeah. I mean, I have a very similar experience as far as like the emotional side behind it. Um, I was never one to spend hours and hours and days practicing my instruments just because I had so many hobbies growing up. Like I was playing, playing lots of sports and I'm a pretty big gamer too. So that took up a lot of time as well. But, um, a balance between all of that, I always found music was something that came natural to me, like very, very natural because I have no real in-depth theory knowledge. Um, so I guess the biggest thing for me was when I went to school, um, it opened my eyes to, uh, different avenues of how it's first of all yeah how it's made where your recording and composition basically came from and the gear used to make it and it's it's really interesting seeing the different types of people that get into music because you have just completely different people listening to the same genres but music is always the one thing that brings them together right and so i think that's really cool yeah um now my school was primarily um electronic music so like a lot of house music, dance, just club Ooh. bangers, right? So, yeah. and it was in Kelowna. So again, bass music city, right? And so I learned a lot of electronic music production and I've released a couple tracks myself and I have a lo-fi album out. Um, but our one teacher, uh, his name is Chris Holmes. He's, he's one of the best teachers I've ever had. Uh, he was our recording and our mixing and mastering uh, teacher. And he assisted on one of Korn's albums actually so he was one of the assistance engineers and so he had a lot of insight um and he was just he taught me how to how to edit and produce and then we had some other teachers teaching the electronic music and they taught us basically how to compose music and that's what really got me is is a room of you know 18 19 20 year olds all thinking on one track on how to make it better and everyone feeding ideas. And I just thought it was so cool. Like writing your own music is just the feeling you get when something works out, you know, it's just really cool. 
And so, yeah, I guess my biggest thing was, 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 uh, school and writing class and just, uh, we did a lot of orchestral writing. So a lot mm-hmm. of movie scoring, film scoring. Um, and it was just really cool just to see, to go from, you know, metal and rock and EDM to film scoring and how That's all of so the cool. ideas translate to each other. You're right. It's, it's a lot of fun because there is so many, like even cla- like classical music is a perfect example. So many like different figures of classical music are just in modern metal. Mm-hmm. And if you're just like, oh, like that's in this, you know, it's, it's crazy. So that's one thing I think I bring to this band is my vast knowledge of genres and how to translate different ideas into other genres. Cause I, we had a class literally based on how to like make original music using references, right? It's not stealing, it's adapting, right? So that's kind of. That's what I love doing. I love taking stuff from jazz and throwing it into metal or taking stuff from EDM and throwing it into, into the stuff we do. So it's I really cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And when we get producing and recording, I think there's going to be some interesting sounds. Uh, well, I wanted to start making music, uh, admittedly, as most young teenage boys do when I was in high school. You just want to look cool for girls. That was kind of, you know what a lot of people did back in those days but uh you know as you get older and you start to grow up basically uh i started to really understand the the depth of creativity that goes into this art form and really the the sort of the the limitless amounts of expression that you can have with this kind of thing and i really just wanted to have my own kind of part in in this long running tradition of of music and all that and uh I always admired the way that music can serve. It's sort of like an entity, uh, a personalized entity for each of us. It mm. can console us. It it can uh, help us vent anger or stress or anything like that. It, it can be of service to us at certain points in our life. And uh, I always really respected that. And that was something that really uh, helped me come to the decision that this was something that I, I seriously wanted to make a go at with my life and all that kind of stuff. And it's really kind of the reason that I think back to you if I ever have any kind of doubts about, you know, am I really on the right path in life and all that kind of stuff. It, it continued to serve as, as, a, as a reminder of why I like to do this and why I want to, to really make a go of it. Dope. Beautiful answers, you guys. Yeah, no Thank kidding. Um, I love music. Do you want to tell us about your first experience with the Edmonton arts community and what that was like for you? Sure. Hmm. Where should I start? Yeah, it's so funny. Just coming out of COVID and stuff, too. Um, I know. That's what's in my mind. But They've I've... just started. What do you mean? Yeah, right? Um, first experience period or first experience to where I would actually say like I'm, I'm being part of the scene. Yeah. Right now. So I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do both. That was <laughs> a good story one. All right. Um, all right. Uh, so my first experience would have to be my first solid experience uh, would have to be, we played the Freemasons hall right by uh, Starlight Room. You know that place? Um, what were we playing? Oh my God, what was it called? Band-Aid, So it was called. And it's like uh, a fundraiser for um, sexually abused children, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Something like that. 
Um, this is like a year and a half ago now or two years ago. Um, and we got, when we got there, the, uh, the upstairs venue, we walked in and it was just like incredible, like a theater and it looked really, really cool. We're like, Oh my God, we're playing this. This is unreal. And then the guy came up and was like, oh, no, no, you guys are downstairs oh. at the other place. Oh. <laughs> so we went downstairs to the other place, and it was like a stage that was like this tall off the ground. And I mean, hey, I love that. I like hardcore shows and stuff, so it was a good time. But yeah, it was just like, uh, it was interesting to play to a whole different type of crowd than I'd ever been playing to before in Fort Mac and stuff like that. And uh, to see an actual community and stuff like that with all those people. And then even after that, playing other shows um on white ave and then in and around um like the west side and stuff like that rendezvous pub and places like that where i mean you either have like shows where there's a really good turnout of like a, at a metal show or something like that or even on just like a random saturday on white ave and then just like tons of people show up and to think of where you reason. came from having yeah, two that. bars that's what i mean yeah <laughs> like and it, at least having like <laughs> yeah an actual scene and then meeting people other places that you met at other places and all that kind of stuff. And that was really, really cool. But yeah, like our, our first time was a very slow burn, I would say. Um, Cause it was, yeah, it was coming out of COVID. So it was like, Oh, we got a show. Oh, just kidding. Just oh, kidding. we got a show. Oh, no, just kidding. Nope. That one's canceled too. So it was very hard at first. And people were still like, people weren't showing up for the most part to shows at first. Cause there was just like a lot of resilience and all that kind of stuff from every past two years or whatever. So it was, it was, yeah, it was a slow grind at first to come back to it, but like, yeah, just learning the ropes and how everything works kind of in the scene was, was interesting. And now we're finally just starting to kind of get to a point where we're really getting a good network as obvious. We're talking to other people in the scene and stuff like that and really trying to put ourselves out there a lot more and I mean, have a good following because it's, it's not the easiest when you're coming out as a band like this, cause we're not really one genre. We're not really one thing. So I can't tell people like, Oh yeah, you guys want to come see a hip hop show or you guys want to come see a blues show or whatever. Like we're kind of doing it all. So you kind of just got to like music in general, you like music, right? You want to come? So yeah. maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just start saying that then. Yeah. <laughs> you like music and cool. Like come music. to my band. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I don't have very many, like the first, intense experience because it was yeah it was such a slow grind but i don't know i'll see what you guys got truly truly yeah i had a pretty pretty solid first uh memorable experience at least it was uh, a venue that's no longer around unfortunately due to covid um the industry house it was owned mm. by uh, phil short i loved the industry house yes. yeah. i know so good and uh at the time the band i was playing with uh still am playing with buried beneath um we got our first show actually at the industry house, which was really cool. Now, I think probably the coolest thing about the industry house is that they always hosted all AJ shows. So you saw some of the heaviest, like gent bands, hardcore bands, uh, literally death metal bands, uh, just going hardcore and little dudes on top of their dad's shoulders, throwing up the horns and just yeah. having the best time of their lives. And I was like, shit, I wish I could have had that when I was a kid, you know, but, uh, no, it was just nice to be a part of that. Uh, Phil definitely put his best foot forward with that venue, and fortunately, it just did not last through COVID, right? But yeah, that's okay. He now plays guitar in that band now, Buried Beneath. <laughs> really oh, guitars. really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyways. Oh, man. 
Um, I honestly don't. Well, so when I was in high school, I was part of this summer camp program called Garage Band. I don't know if if you guys would have heard of that, but that's where I met a lot of Edmonton musicians, and I played. Uh, oh wow, they actually yeah. worked. Yeah, I remember seeing like I think posters maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. We played at Festival Place. Oh I did yeah. It for yeah. like three or four years, I met a lot of the local Edmonton musicians. So I guess that was my first initial like, oh. Like I'm playing with a lot of cool kids my age, but then now seeing it later, now we're all you know <laughs> of age and grown up, and now most of the people I played in those camps with are all doing music and performing and seeing everyone thrive. There's a lot of indie singer songwriters coming forward now from Garage Band that I played with. That it's it's really great to see them all performing. So I guess that's kind of the like oh wow it's it's actually working out you know. So it's really cool, but I've only been playing in the city. For like a year ish, I was playing with an uh, another band called Cooking Balconies. We played for a while. I was playing <laughs> drums. It was like folk punk, you know, and some folk rock. It was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I just wanted to move into more stuff my genre, so I don't really play with them anymore. I still live with a few of the guys. They're great guys. I love them to death. But yeah, so I guess it's really cool just seeing everyone grow up and you know playing with these guys. Um, you know, for the last year, like Cooking Balconies, playing with them for the last year was, was a lot of fun just seeing everyone progress and building a, a kind of a fan base, playing at like little dive bars around the city. And it's just, it's cool seeing everything evolve and everyone move in their own direction. So, uh, so I think my first experience, um, I'd say it was a jam session at uh, the Naked Cyber Cafe just off of uh, 104th Ave downtown. And, uh, yeah, it was a very, um, you know, not organized. It wasn't a gig or anything like that, but, uh, Mm. I had never played in Edmonton before. I played in the surrounding areas a few times, but, uh, I didn't know anybody from the Edmonton scene. I was a total, total green out there. And, uh, these people at my school came up to me and like, Hey, you know, we need a bass player. Can you come play these three songs? It was, uh, Ice Cream Man by Van Halen, Superstition by Stevie Wonder, and a Michael Jackson song that escapes my mind at this at this current moment. But uh, uh, I remember we had one rehearsal. It was 25 minutes before we were supposed to go on stage to perform these three songs. And uh, we had a room at the school that did not even have amps in it or a drum kit. So we were playing, like, I was basically playing on Amplified and same with the guitar player. And the drummer was playing on recycling bins. He he put his breakables up, <laughs> oh and then he gosh. stuck a couple of recycling bins in front of him, and he and he was playing. And you know, it was it was just a lot of fun. You know, like I had never really experienced something like that. And then we went and we played the show. And I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was a first year music student. I didn't really know much. And it's like I can I can live my entire life not knowing what that performance actually sounded like. But like <laughs> it, it it was still it was such a good time and like I met basically most of the people that I'm uh, fairly close colleagues with at my school at that particular evening and uh it was really kind of my first taste of of the Edmonton music scene and it it was just fantastic, you know, no matter their performance quality. Uh, they they welcomed you with open arms and it was it was really quite wholesome. So. That's so sweet. So do you guys want to uh, mention any local names? Who are you guys listening to locally? Who do you guys play with? Anyone you want to mention? Locally. 
I got I got a few folks. Um, well, one of uh, one of my best friends here in the city, uh, Logan from the Usual Suspects. Could plug those guys. Ding, ding. We had a we went to their album release party at the uh, Foundry on White. What was like a month ago? I don't think their album's out yet. <laughs> I got to talk to him. Like, yo, what's happening with your album? We went to the party. <laughs> but yeah, so it definitely shall be here very soon. I, I'm That's from what I what I remember. Um, so they'll have, yeah, they'll have their full uh, first length album out really soon. Those guys. Um, uh, Gratuitous Platypus, they played my uh, birthday party last year. Yeah. They're Woo! great dudes. Oh, yeah. that would be a good birthday party. Yeah, it was a good time. Mm. Well, we played too, I guess. Was that the? Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was the old lineup. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they played my birthday party. They're really great guys. Um, super nice guys. I love their music. It's really original and a good time. And uh, yeah, like every time I go to one of their shows, it's just a really wholesome time. I like wholesome shows. Sometimes yeah. it's like, it's. I mean, if you go to a hardcore show, of course it's wholesome, but it's on a whole other type of wholesome. <laughs> like <laughs> getting true. punched in the face is a wholesome experience at a hardcore show. So it's it's different. But uh, yeah, those guys are really really cool. Um, Pleasure Craft also some really good homies. There's some really nice guys. Um, we've had some good times with them. We played at the Aviary with them there like a month ago or something like that. The other two, oh, and Rec Room, yeah, yeah. Uh, Waldo yeah. Poblano was really cool oh, yeah. at that show oh, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, oh my god, uh, the chores. They yeah, yeah. They were really good too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of great bands in the scene that like are really really cool. A Fall of Earth are. They're insane. They're they just toured across all of Canada, like all the way to Nova Scotia. I'm pretty sure, and then all the way back. Whoa. Like they did a really extensive tour and played in tons of cities. And they're just like the nicest dudes ever. Make some really cool original metal music. It's like a good fusion of lots of different type of metal genres. They just released their second album, I believe, as well. Um, God, there's a, there's a lot more. I'm sure, and I mean. Julian's other band, Barry Beneath. I'll say that, but now you can go. <laughs> I just stole your band. <laughs> well, thanks for the shout-out anyways. Uh, so off the top of my head, I just cannot think of uh, all too many people, so I apologize if there's some people I should have mentioned. Yeah, uh, yeah right. But one for sure is uh, Brett Reed, uh, who's the drummer uh, for the Ray Gun Cowboys. He owns a studio called Red Bear Records uh, just here in Edmonton, just Great sound quality. Would definitely recommend them to anybody. Red Bear Records. Red Bear Records. Cool. Yeah, Braden mentioned a bunch of them, but uh, Pleasure Craft and Gratuitous Platypus are the first two, I guess, local Edmonton bands that I met because uh, me and Peter from Cooking Balconies, we threw together our, our own little show uh, called Home Cooked. So we did it at Peter's so cool. parents' place. It was gr- oh, it's great. They have a whole stage and go-go cages and it was the craziest oh. what show oh, ever. Yeah. It was like an outdoor festival. It was, was fantastic. What? Yeah, it was the first day I met Gratuitous, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, that was so. That was a huge event that we put together that brought a lot of people together. Um, and I guess that would have been one of my first Edmonton art community experiences. I forgot about that, but so that one we met Pleasurecraft and I knew Aiden McTavish um, their guitar player through uh, hockey and music and I knew their family through sports growing up and it was really cool to share a stage with them and uh, run sound for them they're a great band I love Pleasurecraft they bring such good summer vibes and just just a good time all around I've seen them at the aviary a few times um, yeah Gratuitous amazing music I love them so much <laughs> I still listen to their album like all the time 
Yeah. Um, and then I guess the last show we played, uh, what the heck were they called? Um, uh, the band at a Red Deer. They're oh, Bitter Rivals. Bitter Rivals. Yeah, they're dope. Yeah. Fantastic. They're really good. Like Chevelle yeah. kind of tool style, like the, the, mm. those kind of vibes, early 2000s. <gasps> Amazing band out of so Red Deer. Cool. Yeah, yeah. They got some great original tracks. So they were, they were a lot of fun. Um, but that's kind of the main bands that, that I can think of that I've kind of shared the stage with. Good list, yeah. Yeah, well put, guys. All those acts are fantastic. Um, I know some of the ones I've been listening to, a lot of um, a lot of the rock and metal uh, bands on the scene here. Uh, Misfortune Tellers is a good one. I go to school so all those guys. They're, they're awesome. Um, Fools. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. I'm not sure if they have any recordings out right now. I know they were in the studio uh, about a month ago, so I'm, I'm expecting a release from them soon. Uh, they've played the Aviary a lot. Uh, another one is called Garden of Ash. Uh, I think they have an album coming out in like a month or two here, and, and they're fantastic. They've got a couple of recordings up, I'm pretty certain. Uh, some other ones, I think. Uh, I'm a, I've been listening to Dylan Ella's new single. That's that's really good. She's a great singer. Uh, she did sound at our aviary show. Oh, that was oh, her. Right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was her. Yeah, she was great. Uh, Paint bomb. Alex Bauer, the, Alex the sound Bauer, guy. Yeah, say, he's really yeah. Good. It's like sound, a ska dude. punk band. They're they're really awesome. They they got a, a record coming out if it's not out already, and. Uh, uh yeah there's there's a lot man uh i know on the jazz scene um uh i i'm i can't remember his project's name it's embarrassing uh gareth gilliland uh, i really enjoy his stuff uh and the rubum di toledo global jazz ensemble uh, they have a record coming out in september i think he told me and uh, if you're into world music cross with jazz it is uh they've got a, a single out right now called rhythm shante and it is fantastic. I can't wait to see the the whole album when it finally comes out. But you know, there's too many to name. We're very fortunate to live in this city, man. There's such a killer music scene here, so diverse. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I got a couple more to add. I forgot something. Add add on. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, my coworker at Flashback Records, uh, he's in a band for a long time called the Praying Saints. They're kind of like rockabilly, like mixture, like stand up bass, like intense stuff. They, uh, I think they're putting out something new ish pretty soon I'm not too sure i don't know I, i'm not in any of these bands so i don't know what they're doing <laughs> but uh check them out anyway on socials uh those guys are great um oh my god i'm forgetting her name now oh somebody help me uh the girl that opened our show at the aviary she was amazing oh, willow. willow yes yeah. willow shea is that her last name yeah yeah shout out to willow she's amazing she did a lot of original stuff one of her songs made me cry that <laughs> doesn't happen at like you know, most shows, I mean, it's got to be pretty good for the most part for, in my opinion, for it to like really like hit me deep. And it just like, it was like really personal and stuff. I mean, the song was about Fort Mac. So it really just like, it hit home really good. And so, yeah, she did a really, really great job with her boyfriend. Um, I can't remember his name now. I'm sorry. I'm bad with names. It'll, it'll be out there. Great guy, though. Yeah. Great. They were, they were amazing. <laughs> awesome yeah. yeah. No. The vocals were just insane. Like, Very pitch. Very good, yeah. Those guys were great. Um, Honeyham is great. Um, I'll, they're not really in... You know what? I'll say them anyway. Uh, when April met July, they're really good friends of mine from Fort Mac, and they have two shows down here like within the next two months. So, I mean, that's good enough. I mean, they'll be playing down here, so if anybody wants to see them, they're like a really insane like math rock, pop punk, pop punk 
psychedelic jazzy mixture like they're all over the place very interesting like brandon one of my good friends he's the drummer and he plays like left-handed in like a really weird style and they have a keyboard player that also plays trumpet and uh yeah and then like solid bass player and then cameron the lead singer lead guitar player is just like very unique i've known him for years now from fort mac and i remember him just showing me his original songs on acoustic like back in the day like four years ago and i was how do you write shit like that? Like just very interesting stuff. So like, they're really good. If you guys can catch them podcast listeners out there anywhere, they're, they're playing a black bar within like the next month. So definitely check them out. Um, and then I think, Oh my God, I had one more. I'm going to give myself 10 seconds. Too late. Yeah. It's too late. <laughs> okay. Six, yeah. Five. Just too many. All right. Yeah. I think that's all I got. Um, how do you guys want people to feel when they listen to your music? Shook. Shook. <laughs> hmm. That's kind of a bit of a tough, tougher question. <laughs> it uh, is not an easy one. <laughs> it's just not something you like often think about, right? So, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd almost say uh, it, it'd be nice if they could come out of it, you know, somewhat inspired, um, you know, in in any way, shape or form, they come out of there and they're like, you know what? I was stressed out about certain things earlier and can't even freaking remember what it was. Cause I was just sick. So I'm not going to let anything, uh, put me down anymore. Cause these guys are just freaking awesome. So just something along those lines, uh, just a positive experience in general would be cool. <laughs> I can't really say much else than that. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll re- reiterate that. Like, yeah, just alleviate your sadness and, and anger and all that. Unless unless it's kind of like, you know, the vibe where it's like, well, you want to channel that anger and let it all out, you know. But definitely relieved would be a good word, I would say, after after all that. And to maybe have a little bit more of an understanding of themselves. But uh, that takes me writing those lyrics here eventually to when <laughs> that's going to be able to happen. It's uh, kind of those experiences that, like I, when I saw Roger Waters when he came here, um, like three, four years ago, the bass player from Pink Floyd and the guy that like wrote all their lyrics and all their stuff, just like a, a visceral reaction of that, of like seeing an entire crowd of like 20,000 people or something, all singing along to the same song, like wish you were here or something like that. And you know that every person in that audience is thinking of somebody that they wished was here, you know, and like that's a very, very powerful thing. And when you get that energy in a room, it's unmatched basically by anything else no matter the size of the room so um yeah that's kind of what i would like to have happen to people is that kind of visceral feeling of of oneness and unity and happiness and all that kind of stuff i mean i guess i don't know i can't go farther this is gonna get harder and harder (laughs) get better than unity and oneness (laughs) so uh my biggest thing is i want people to feel immersed yeah, you know, I like them to just be exactly like just in the room hearing the music, not worried about work, not worrying about, you know, whatever's going on. So whoever's blowing up their phone, like you're there, you're the, you feel one with us, you know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, if people can go into a show who have never seen us before and can leave going, oh, wow. Like those guys impacted my life in some way, you know, uh, I'm happy. Um, 
because I had that actually, we, we played at our show in Athabasca. We stayed at my parents' cabin and um, basically we threw a show on Saturday and uh, just like a private show with whoever was staying and camping and such. Um, and I had some friends come up who had never seen us play before. And then my one friend in particular, his name's Dean. He's fantastic. Dean's he, great. Oh, he was, he was sitting front and center, just having a great old just listening. Cause we weren't playing a full set list as much. Like we had a few songs, but it was just a bunch of musicians jamming and just new music, just completely different jams for like all day. Oh, yeah. 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 So and 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 he was telling me he's like wow like I've never seen like live jams like this before he was blown away just seeing all these musicians just come together and so that's kind of the feeling I want at all the shows I want that scene to evolve to that basically so cool yeah we'll put I definitely just I want someone to go and have it fulfill whatever purpose that they needed to fulfill at that particular moment in time. I mean, as I said earlier, if it, if it needs to service you in some way or comfort you, console you, whatever, however you need it, uh, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, in the end, let it, let it speak to you however you need it to, no matter what. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Solid. So uh, it's time for what's your favorite song? Oh, boy. So what's the favorite, favorite song that segment. you guys have ever written? Oh, I've ever written? Okay, that's a lot easier. There's like yeah. 20, well, there's we like usually 10 play both. of them. Yeah, yeah right? Both. <laughs> your favorite song of all time. And Don't think too deep into it. The first thing that comes to your mind, heard? trust your gut. Favorite song of all time, favorite song you've ever written. Oh, my God. Okay, first Go. one. First one to get, first one to get <laughs> them. Get the mic. He's got to look through his list now. Which one? Which one first? Band, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, for us? Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say Chance to Fly. Mm. I had no part in writing that song, but I do very much enjoy playing it. So I, I think it's probably our, in my opinion anyways, especially as an outsider prior, uh, I think it's the best one that we have personally. Uh, my own personal favorite song, I would say probably "You Can't Hurry Love" by the Supremes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh boy. Okay, I'm gonna start with us just because it's easier because there's like ten of them. Um, it's gonna be a hard, yeah, hard tie. I'd say between "Chance to Fly" and "Platypus." Um, "Platypus" is just like our banger party song. That's just like unrelenting and it's just a really really good time there's only one word in it and you just shout platypus over and over so it's just a good time um and then yeah chance to fly is like the song that i would say is like it, it's the best musically rounded song in the whole catalog and we're trying to write some more things i think kind of in that line mm -hmm. and going in that direction a little bit where you got the multi-genre faceted thing but um and then oh man for bands uh, that aren't mine. <laughs> They're all yours. They're all mine. Like when people say, "Like, oh, this is my song. It's, it's my song." <laughs> this is my song. <laughs> you had no part in writing that song. Um. Oh God, what's gonna come quickly? I, I can't even. <laughs> oh man, this is really hard. 
all I do is listen to music and all I do is like my, my roommate works at the record store. I go to the record store all the time. I have over like, like 6,000 pieces of physical media. It's, it's, it's a lot, man. Going through all the genres. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I'm, I'm going to just say a broad one just because like, I, I love the whole thing and I could throw it on any time and it's, it's long. So it at least like fills up a good chunk of my song selection. I'll say echoes by Pink Floyd. Because it's like 24 minutes long, so at least it's... It covers a lot. Yeah, it covers a lot. I'll just yeah. say that. There you got it? Yeah, I'd say uh, I kind of also have to agree with Chance to Fly. Uh, I didn't necessarily write the drums, although the drums that I do perform now are not entirely the originals either. Everybody's got their own part now. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Braden kind of requested us when we joined the band to just kind of make it a bit more of our own change it up maybe make it a bit more aggressive which i suspect is probably what why he hired a metal drummer to <laughs> slap a little bit harder uh maybe just go on the more aggressive uh pocket rather than the groovy pocket um which groovy pocket's cool don't get me wrong um so and then probably favorite song with of any band first one that came to my mind probably verminous by black dahlia murder nice. You didn't go, right? I did not. I did not. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I have so many. I have favorite songs from so many different genres, but the first two or three, I, I'll, I'll yeah, one, one, one fuck. <laughs> um, probably White Sparrows by Billy Talent yeah. is my number one. I have a lot of sentimental value behind that song. That's probably my my go to, um, just because of the lyrics. Um, they hit they hit close to home. Um, yeah, I would say that one. And then there's a lot of good Paramore tracks out there that are just like so that, many. Turn it off. Ones. Acoustic version by Paramore oh. is oh my <gasps> so god. So true. So I have to mention those two because they are my number ones. Cool. All right. What advice do you have to give to Young musicians, people maybe starting thinking about starting music or just getting started, what would you want to say to your younger version of you? I got a good one to start it off. I'm going to partly pass down some knowledge that was bestowed upon me when I was young that has stuck with me for a long time. Actually, okay, two from the same person. Uh, grow your hair. It's number one. <laughs> and I just heard that in a song, in a metal song, a super joint ritual song. When I, <laughs> yeah, when I was like probably like 15, I think, something like that. And it's, yeah, grow your hair. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you, you got it. You got it. I'm going to grow all of it too. So I did that. And then uh, from the same guy, the lead singer from Pantera, um, Phil Anselmo, he's got some good. He said some dumb shit too, but also he's got some good advice on certain things. I mean, you tend to have that when you're a tried and true musician for 50 years and been in like 10 different bands or whatever. Um, he just said, um, don't ever bank on picking one of your influences to for anything, really. It's not, not even just music for lots of different things. Don't just take all influence from one thing. Take influence from everything that you like from all over the spectrum and I'll add it together and make something new, make something unique. And uh, to that, I would say um, apply those kinds of concepts to, yeah, like I said, the rest of your life. And 
if you want to be mu- um, musically like authentic and original, then uh, I mean, you can pull things from every side of the spectrum and everything that you like that you've ever heard. Not even just music. I, I've heard the the thought before that like a, a reason why a lot of music uh, seemingly back in the day in the sixties and the seventies and all that kind of stuff where there was this, all this weird stuff coming out all at once, like the late sixties and the West coast and stuff like that. When, you know, you had like this big psychedelic explosion and stuff like that is that all these people were taking inspiration from not other musicians, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, a lot of days now, if you're like, okay, I want to be in a metal band. Cool. Well, I'm just going to listen to Metallica. It's like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, you might come up with something a little more original if you're like, I want to be in a metal band, but I take inspiration from heavy equipment. <laughs> or something like, yeah. I don't know, from yeah. film, from from a different medium entirely. Because then you're not derivative, right? Mm. That's kind of one thing that has stuck with me very deeply. Is I have a very hard time being derivative. It's harder for me to like just sit there and play two, three chords and write a just standard country song or something like that. I mean, I could do it, but it doesn't really like, I, I have a really hard time sitting there and being like fulfilled with myself after that. Yeah. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I got to at least try something new, try something different. And like, yeah, to young musicians that are struggling with finding their voice and stuff like that, it's just kind of like throw everything together, everything that you like and enjoy and try to come up with something new and inventive out of that. And don't let shit talkers get to you because there's a lot of people that never really did anything with their lives. A lot of people that kind of miss that opportunity of youth and, and inspiration and they kind of don't want to see other people succeed in that endeavor. So I, uh, I would say to those people, yeah, <laughs> ignore it all. Cause it's just, it comes from a place of projection and yeah. self-loathing and, uh, growing up in a very, very industrial city. That's very, very, I came here to make my money and make the dream. (laughs) They don't take too kindly to people wanting to explore themselves and explore the world in a very, very open way. And and to make something of themselves, not just kind of rely on some ulterior big man to pay your, fill your pockets. So yeah, I would say uh, ignore all the haters and the, uh, the losers and, Take inspiration from all over the place and uh, be unique in yourself and authentic. I like those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. yeah, he pretty much said it all. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again. Um, yeah, the biggest thing I would say is, you know, for people who are just starting, um, I guess find what you like. Find your niche. Start with one or two things. Get good at them and then combine different things that you like combine different genres and then you come up with cool original stuff you know find what you like to play so it keeps it interesting a lot of people in the early stages of learning an instrument will lose interest because their parents put them in lessons and then it's just oh play the g chord play the a chord it's like yeah that's all great but if you have no goal if you're not trying to learn something like like a song or an album or then it, it becomes like unmotivating so just find what you like to do and do it in the best way you can, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'd say, obviously, if you really want to do this, hold nothing back. I mean, mm. uh, ultimately, it falls to you to take it upon yourself to make the effort. Uh, the reward will never just come to you. It's, that's not how it works in this industry. And I mean, all things aside from musical influences and training and all that kind of stuff, uh, be professional. Seriously, 
you can get really far in this industry by being professional. Nobody cares how you play. As long as it's in time with a good sound and a nice feel, that's really all that matters. Uh, people care more about being able to pick up the phone and call somebody who can show up on time and uh, know their parts and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, kind of ride the bucks, you know, metaphorically speaking, of course. Always be professional. Don't burn your bridges. All that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Shit. Give us that inspiration. Tough to one up. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, for me, kind of going uh, on a bit of a tangent to what they were saying, but uh, um, speaking a bit more from my experience here, uh, stuff I wish I would have done either earlier or just never done. Um, so for one, I think uh, for myself, especially going to jams and such, I used to go to like one or two, nothing would ever happen. So I'd be like, oh my God, this doesn't feel so great. So I might as well just kind of stop coming because these guys don't even want me here. Um, and then I just kind of stuck it around for a little bit. Uh, that's actually pretty much how I ended up in this band too. By going to those jams, even though, yeah, definitely I, I was not a blues player. It took me a while to kind of pick up the blues. Um, it was hard to... to not play the spaces in between whereas in death metal i'm playing like 50 spaces notes in one space <laughs> so uh that was a bit of a a shock to me so on my second point is uh practice may not be fun but you can make practice fun and it's ever so freaking important to learn your instrument um almost the biggest thing i would ever recommend is when you're practicing if you don't want to do your rudiments or scales or whatever practice stuff you know you can't play doesn't matter if you do it or not. You do it for five minutes here and there. Eventually, it's just going to click, and you're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm a god. <laughs> no longer a human being. <laughs> at least that's what it's wow. going to feel like until you find something else that you're like, oh, I suck at. <laughs> it's true, because sometimes when you're practicing something like that with, like, uh, muscle memory, every single time you go back to it, over time, for some reason, you get, like, exponentially better at it. Yep. You take a break. Yeah. Too. yeah. Just and, take a bunch of breaks. <laughs> yep. And then it just happens, and you feel like you can conquer the whole world. Technically, you can do Pretty anything cool in 30 days. Yeah. Anything. Too true. Very yeah. true. Take over a country. Take over, yeah. <laughs> take over a country. We could take over this country right now. <laughs> Test me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, how can we find you guys on the socials? Give us your um, Instagram. Do you guys have any, I don't know, YouTube? Or do you guys sell any, um, any products? Much. Any merch? We do we have merch with us? Like we don't have um, online merch yet. Oh yeah, yeah. But we do have. Uh, we have Instagram. Camp? We don't. Do we have a bank? I don't think we do have a bank camp. We should probably make one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we got. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a bank camp. I could literally make one, like right now after this podcast. So yeah, by the time you guys watch this. There is definitely there's a, a there's an us band camp so uh, us dot band camp or something I will say that's what it is. <laughs> and um, you guys is Instagram? Yeah, Instagram we got us dot yeg. That's us our Instagram. Um, Facebook is the band us. <laughs> What's sorry? Lowercase us. Lowercase us. Big U small s. Big U small s. Big U small s. Um, and then YouTube uh, would be, we just have the EP up there. So you just oh, have to yeah. search the EP. So the EP is also on all streaming platforms. Mm. Uh, it's called Come Along With Us by Us. 
So it's a lot easier if you just search up, come along with us, and it should come up. It's like the big logo. The logo is kind of an S with a U on the top. Oh, I'm wearing it. Hey, <laughs> That's the logo. There we go. Cool. Uh, I designed video. this logo like, I don't know, a couple of years ago now, and it's serving very well. I think it works out pretty That's good. Great. We can change the inside of the colors and stuff like that for any kind of occasion, just make it look like whatever. So, yeah, um, we do also have, that's it. <laughs> I believe that's all we have. Yeah. But okay, uh, yeah, we'll have some new music. Yeah. Some good stuff on there. Yeah. Oh, and what kind of merch do you guys have again? We got shirts and pins shirts. and then we shot, well, I think we're gonna have stickers soon and also i want to make some other like unorthodox things i've seen bands with like weed grinders yeah that's cool waldo poblano had hot sauce i'm gonna start making start making beer <laughs> that'd be cool like interesting lighters and they just put like the sticker on the lighter and yeah boom now they're just selling lighters at a show you know how many people need lighters apparently okay yo hollow point we're stealing that stealing yeah, that's a good that's a good idea yeah a diff- bunch of different little stuff like that i'm gonna try to get to i mean i work at a record pressing plant so eventually here we'll have whenever our next stuff is recorded i'll probably get that pressed myself and i'll press it and i'll quality control it and i'll make some really interesting colors for it so we'll have that all on the horizon i'd say within the next year solid we'll have all of that stuff going on so yeah stay tuned for that have any shows coming up yeah, our next one. Well, we have a private show um, next weekend uh, for my dad's 60th birthday. Um, Can I come? If if you want to, if you want to, I was just going to say that. Happy 60th! Pr- yeah, private inquiries. Uh, yeah, so if you guys want to hit up any of your socials and come see a really cool private show out at like an acreage and like stay in a tent and drink booze and watch a cool band and hang out and like celebrate your dad's birthday. celebrate my dad's 60th birthday <laughs> like, important only one time he turned 60 and yeah like he, he had two songs requested that we're gonna play too for him and one is uh sunshine of your love by cream so that'll be cool nice. and then this like obscure uh rock song from the 90s called rockin is my business and business is good this can be some real good rock and roll times um so yeah that uh and then we play shocker fest at starlight room on the 28th so it remains to be seen i guess he's he messaged me yesterday i think i think very soon here within the next week or two he's gonna announce like all like uh half of the bands will be playing on the main stage at starlight half the bands will be playing on temple so we'll be in one of those rooms depending on what happens but yeah he'll be announcing that soon and then i don't think we have anything in august as of right now yet yet so if if yeah yeah we're trying to hook up something in calgary Mm. we want to do something in calgary probably in august so if we can line that up there is home cooked too but that that might not happen so yeah the festival that happened was last year i guess now with uh gratuitous platypus pleasure craft cooking balconies that might happen again this year up in the air so if that does happen we'll be headlining that um and then yeah we'll it, hopefully have a show in calgary late august with uh bitter rivals and usual suspects so yeah that's that's on the pipe for right now that's us yeah, that's hey that's us and that's you <laughs> awesome um do you guys have any last things to say any last words any last words for the <laughs> folks listening last words all right I'm gonna let you guys go first, and I'll take the last word. Hey. You, got you got nothing. All right. Yeah. First of all, I'd like to thank you for awesome questions. They are actually well thought out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thanks, very well guys. thought out. So it's uh, really fun to do. 
And uh, for anybody else listening, yeah, just uh, remember that Edmonton music scene is is huge. The art scene's huge, not just music. Uh, go help your bands out. Uh, doesn't matter the genres. There's they're all out there. They're all good. And yeah, they're okay. amazing. Actually, it's, well it's incredible. You just look around. You're like, holy shit. There's a lot of good players out here. <laughs> um, and then for the people that are looking to get into it, um, you know, just keep keep grinding. Uh, keep going to the jams. Eventually, you'll find something. Uh, somebody's bound to need someone, uh, especially drummers and bassists. Hint, hint. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just keep on rocking, everyone. Cool. Well, I guess uh, that was that was pretty good. Uh, that was mostly what I was going <laughs> to say, too. Um, yeah, definitely, I'm going to reiterate that. Go to your local show. It's like, please, like, please not, not like, yeah, not like, or no, kind of like, you know, like kill your local drug dealer, you know, those shirts, you've seen those shirts or like kill your <laughs> local pedophile or whatever. Yeah. Go to your local show and watch them kill it. And you'll enjoy, we should, yeah, yeah, something. Well, I'll be a little more like clever with the wording, but yeah, yeah. Something like that. Go to your local show, support, like don't stay in and give Netflix and Amazon and Budweiser more money. Literally, you know what I mean. Yes. Go out and go give us your money, you know, oh, heck yeah. and give the Aviary your money, yeah. or Black Bar, or even Starlight, or whatever. You know, give, give those places your money because I mean we're all a lot more deserving of it. And I may think it comes back to the old term of just help your neighbor, have a good time, and and just help each other out. You know, and uh, don't drink and drive, and <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I would say just to everybody out there, if anybody's listening that wants to get into music, either to play or just to be a part of the scene or anything like that, like just jump in. You'll be surprised. It, I mean, at first it may seem like the stage fright kind of feeling and all that kind of stuff, but like musicians and artists and um, people that are just involved in that whole side of life are some of the most genuine, kind, and interesting people that i've ever met and i think i'll ever meet um even the the bit of traveling that i've done to eastern canada and then down and through the states i've been to a lot of states and stuff like that and like time and time again i'm just oh like yeah this dude's really cool or this girl's really really cool like what what do you do musician or i'm a painter or sculptor I'm like oh okay figures <laughs> like it always checks out for some reason so it's like jump into the scene and, and come meet all these beautiful people that are in it and um yeah, I mean, I guess I want to thank you, too, for being amazing and having us on the podcast and oh, asking shucks. amazing questions. Uh, <laughs> and shucks. for everything you two do for the scene, like, damn, like, that's really cool. Like, I mean, I just saw, I just, it just came up on my socials sometime at some point, like, seeing other bands and stuff, getting interviewed by you guys and stuff. I'm like, wait, there's a, there's a podcast, like... There's an Edmonton podcast. Okay, well, we got to do this. And this is our first one, actual first podcast, especially with like a full band. So we're going to try to make this a thing. Yes, it's happening. So yeah, thank you, everybody. Peace, love, music. And uh, I don't know, have a good sleep. Well, thank you, you guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming out. But thank you also for, you know, being musicians, putting your stuff out there, putting yourselves out there, um, doing an art that, you know, you, you only know when you know. Um, but you guys um, are such beautiful souls. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We love talking to you guys. Yeah. yeah. Such yeah. an interesting group of people. No kidding. I'm really excited to, like, Lucy and I are going to go to your dad's 16th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do I'm it, man. Really like, yes. guys you guys play live. Like, it's just such Potential's an interesting combination insane. with, like, 
metal and the theory and then like these places of like there's just so much different <laughs> there's gonna be I'm excited and we'll see yeah you guys are all behind the scenes and stuff like that too with the editing process like every layer is so cool yeah, yeah we're all over the place insane guys thank <laughs> you well thanks for being on the podcast thank you kindly yeah and we out